welcome to GEC Important Talks. This is a podcast series presented by the team at Global Education Connection, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing children who are affected by conflict or natural disasters with resources like educational materials and art supplies. As a part of this podcast, we want to talk about important issues related to children, their human rights, and their education. Of course, neither of us is an expert on these topics. We speak only to our knowledge, our personal experiences, um, perspectives and opinions, but there are many credible online sources for further information and research. Today we have myself, Catherine Slaughterback, and Carter Beck as your hosts. And today we're going to be talking about um, rare mineral mining in Africa, specifically related to cobalt mining in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. But this is, of course, a much broader issue than that. That is just where we have chosen to focus most of the discussion on today. So I, I feel like we should establish kind of why this is such an important topic before we really get into it, because I feel like for most people, they're not going to be familiar with it or even really understand why out of all the things going on in the world, this is what we've chosen to talk about this week. Um, So I feel like something really important to note is that um, cobalt is like huge in the, in the democratic Republic of the Congo. Like most of the world's cobalt comes from there. Like that is where most of our, like, most cobalt can be found. So that's where most of it's getting mined. And um, for those of us who have these handy dandy little things like cell phones or laptops, um, the re- the rechargeable batteries that are in them are often made out of cobalt or at least cobalt is part of making them. So big tech companies um, often use cobalt mined from the DRC to build the products that you're using. This is a um, bad in particular because the DRC is not necessarily maintaining ethical work practices in regards to cobalt mining. Um, there have been a lot of inter- instances of children being in the mines, um, human trafficking going into, like getting workers into these mines, as well as issues related to the environment, um, proper like safety when in the mines because of how, how dangerous they are, how toxic cobalt is, people not having the proper um, tools or safety gear to handle it, as well as other things um, related to political and um, safety issues going on in the country due to the amount of violence that's going on there due to the different um, militias that have control over certain parts of the country. So it's, it's a very big issue that not a lot of people are talking about. And affects so much more than we could even get into just today yeah there's um there in preparation for this uh this podcast i was pulling some information and i found an article from humans right human rights watch um from july 14th of 2022 and it it talked about that there's currently a humanitarian and a human rights uh crisis going across the country um, nearly 5.5 million people within the Democratic Republic of the Congo are currently displaced. So that equates to about one in three people. And they're also facing severe or acute food insecurity. And that's according to the United Nations. Um, Catherine, to expand on what you said earlier, there's currently like a power vacuum going on. There is no stable democratic, democratically elected government. And at the point where there is no formal government, the power vacuum has created the opportunity for 120 armed groups that are currently active in the Eastern Congo. These groups are effectively self-governing because there is no 
country, uh, country government that is able to provide security, establish good policies. And because of that, people are, are desperate. And that's how a lot of these militia groups have come to power. And so because of that, like you said, we see instances of child trafficking and child labor to be able to to be able to provide cheap labor. And because there are no um, effective laws or even the ability to enforce laws, child labor is prevalent in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And that's why we see um, these issues related to rare earth mineral mining and the use of child labor. Yeah, because these militias are often forcing these children to work in these mines to provide money to the militias as well. Um, so it's it's really interconnected with the militias having control over these certain regions and then import or human trafficking children in to work in these mines because they know companies aren't going to care who's doing the mining as long as they get the materials that they need to build their products. Correct. Um, and I know... Uh, at least here in the United States, like we don't necessarily have laws specifically referring to cobalt in regards to um, mineral mining in other countries. Um, there are like regulations on what companies can um, like with labor and in, in other com- countries um, with other rare earth minerals, but cobalt is not on that list, which is kind of how um, like American companies have been able to get around that. Um, another big factor in this is how um, much influence China has over all of this. Um, China just swept in, um, I think it was back in like late 2000s, early 2010s, swept in and bought out like most of the cobalt mines in the DRC before anyone even realized like how big of a thing this was going to be. Um, And a lot of uh, the cobalt, like, leaves um, the DRC and then goes to China and then is distributed to companies through Chinese companies. Um, So that also plays a very big role in this, the role that China has and the influence that China has in all of this, um, especially as China is expanding more and more of their power over African countries. and you mentioned earlier about like there not really being a stable democratically elected government in power in the DRC. There is one, it's just very corrupt. And they kind of promised that they would tackle this issue more um, hands-on than they have. So it's it's been a very big letdown from the current president, but there is an election going on later this year. So that's something we can hopefully see some kind of progress be made there that either the president that's currently in power will get reelected and actually tackle the problem more heavily or a new candidate will come in win the race and be able to do something during their term so you know little psa that all hope is not lost but um it is a big issue that needs to be addressed yeah absolutely i i um when you read about the issues related to rare earth minerals mining in the in Africa, um, something that's synonymous with that is just the presence of of Chinese firms and and it's uh, there was an article that was done. Well, actually, it was uh, it was an investigative journalism article that was published by um, oh let's see, it was published by Amnesty, and this is this is uh, it talked about the 
there was the report documents how traders, so traders are the ones that go to the mines and actually buy the cobalt from the miners. Then they take that cobalt and then take it to these uh, these companies that then distribute it from there. And so the report documents how traders buy, buy cobalt from areas where child labor is rife and sell it to Congo Dongfang Mining, or CDM, a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese mineral giant, <laughs> Uh, Zhejiang Huayu Cobalt Limited, or also known as Huayu Cobalt. And I'm going to show the picture from this report, and it documents basically how CDM is the one that's buying the, the cobalt from these mines directly. And then from there, they distribute that, or they sell the cobalt then to these battery component manufacturers and those are Toda Hunan, uh Shanshan New Material, Tianjin Bamo Technology and LNF Material. Um and then also Ningbo um Shan Shanshan. And and then from there the it goes down to then the battery manufacturers until it finally gets to the electric goods and vehicle manufacturers. And these are companies that we all know in the United States. Apple, Samsung, LG, Mercedes, Samsung, Volkswagen, Dell, HP, Huawei, uh, Lenovo, Microsoft, um, ZTE. And so these are the companies that are actually buying the cobalt. Once it's gone through the smelter, the refiner, the battery component manufacturers, battery manufacturers, and then it goes to these electronic manufacturers. And then the end consumers are us, us here in the United States or other Western countries where we're buying our cell phones, we're buying electric cars, we're buying other uh, lithium batteries that utilize cobalt. And so it's it's very important to, to see that this is a long chain of of handling that this cobalt goes through and we as the end consumer don't see that it really starts with kids hands that are actually digging up this cobalt in these unregulated mines that are in the drc yeah because um again like this is obviously on the corporations that they should be better um cognizant of ethical practices of the companies and the mines that they're getting these resources from. But I also think like the American government also needs to step in and be like, Hey, can't do that. Especially with the large influence we had in the Congo, um, and instituting a democratic government there or an attempt at instituting a democratic Republic there. Um, as well as putting pressure on China to be more aware of, the hazardous working conditions of the people that are being employed in these mines and the fact that how, how dangerous this is, not just because of the mines themselves, but also the cobalt. Like I, like, I don't think the average person is truly aware of how dangerous cobalt is. Like it's toxic. Like you're really, you're not supposed to touch it. You're not supposed to breathe it in, but these people are because they don't have proper, proper like safety stuff. Like they're, but in these mines, they're doing it with their bare hands. They don't have gloves. They don't have, like, masks to protect their breathing in. And a lot of time, parents have to bring their small children with them to work. So you'll see mothers with babies strapped to their backs handling these toxic minerals that they shouldn't even be handling, let alone having near their small child. But they need to in order to survive because of how little they get paid. 
Yeah, absolutely. The the same report from Amnesty International documented the uh, the miners working in these areas um, from which CDM, which is that top Chinese uh, firm, buys cobalt, faced the risk of long-term health damage and a high risk of fatal accidents. So there were some there were there were some fatal accidents that were reported. So it said at least 80 artisanal miners died from under, underground in Southern DRC between September 2014 and December 2015. But the true figure is unknown because a lot of these are unrecorded and the bodies are left buried in the rubble. So that speaks to that speaks to some of the the lack of regulation that is is present with a lot of these mines, and where a lot of us, the end consumer, plus also the manufacturers that sell to the end consumer, um, really are ignorant or blind to the, the 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 harsh facts where where these minerals are coming from to make our electronic devices. Absolutely. Um, So, like, like I said, I, th- I think not only does the consumer need to be more aware of this, but I also feel like our governments and our like the co- corporations that are using these minerals have to be more aware of it. Um, and I know like some companies have gotten together and are trying to like do progressive work in managing um, mining cobalt in the DRC and trying to make it more ethical. But until that point, I think we all um, need to be on them to do do a little bit better and to recruit more companies into doing that. Yeah, ex- exactly. So we, we ask ourselves, how can we fix this problem? And there's a couple of different options here. Um, and I'm going to expand on on some of the ones that you brought up is as consumers, we have the the obligation to to look into uh, how are the products that we buy are made. And if we feel strongly that these products are not being made ethically, then we have the ultimate, uh, basically the ultimate decision, which is our buying power. We have the opportunity to not buy from these companies that are either not transparent with where their rare earth minerals are sourced, um, or if they don't have the practices in place to, to have uh, mechanisms that show, okay, this is how we are ethically sourcing our uh, the minerals. I'm so, once again going to plug the power of social media. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. Great time to uh, use social media to advocate for the issue and to tell other people about it. Because, like we mentioned, this isn't something a lot of people know about. So, using social media to call out these corporations, to encourage them to use better practices, as well as to teach other people about the subject, is super important. Yeah. Um, there, another quote from the Amnesty International article said that many of these multinational companies say that they have a zero tolerance policy for child labor, but this promise is not worth the paper it's written on when the companies are not investigating their suppliers. So the companies themselves might have a no child labor policy, but that doesn't necessarily um, extend to the suppliers or the suppliers of the suppliers. It's a it's a multi multi step chain until it actually gets to these big tech company manufacturers. And so while they themselves have that policy, it doesn't actually mean anything if their suppliers are utilizing child labor or don't have the same ethical policies and standards in place. Yeah, just because you don't practice child labor, but you can comfortably sit and watch while other people practice child labor and don't call it off or call them out for it and explicitly benefit from that child labor, then you're not anti-child labor. You're just anti-looking bad for child labor. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, so we can also look at government, um, and we can look at companies to try to do better. And I think uh, I read an article from NPR. Um, this it was from Terry Gross, published on February first of twenty twenty three. Um, Terry talked about there's Siddharth Kara. And Siddharth is a, a fellow at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health and at the Kennedy School. And Siddharth has been researching modern day slavery, as well as human trafficking and child labor for the last two decades. And he says that in the DRC, there's no such thing as a, as a clean supply chain of cobalt from that country. So there's no there even if companies say okay we have a clean supply chain he he basically Siddharth has said that it's not possible when it's coming from the DRC um which Siddharth is a problem into, given how much of the world's cobalt that they produce exactly exactly um and so it's i think it's very good that we have people like Siddharth that are doing investigative reporting Amnesty International that are doing investigative reporting and they're also publishing this uh, i know Siddharth actually re uh, read a, uh, wrote a book um called let me see let's see here Siddharth wrote a book called Cobalt Red um actually i just bought this book today um and i'm looking forward to reading it uh, the book talks about how the blood of the Congo powers our lives. Um, that's the the subtitle of the book. And so I think it's going to be a very interesting read. But we have people like Siddharth that are actually going out there and highlighting some of the stories and providing books, providing social media um, posts that talk about what's going on. That allows us as consumers to to see. And so we don't have to rely on the, the transparency or lack of transparency of companies when they say that they have clean supply chains. Yeah. And I, I know we had, uh, like I briefly mentioned this earlier, but this isn't just having negative effects on the people there, but also the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, mining in general is just horrible for the environment, point blank. Like there's no way to get around that. Um, but also as they have to cut down parts of the rainforest in order to get to the cobalt as they have to build these roads. It is destroying so much of the environment there um, as, as well as like polluting their rivers uh, with all the cobalt that they're mining up. It's making the air toxic to breathe. So this is, this is going to have more effects than just necessarily the people that are working in the mines. If other people are also living in these areas that are essentially mining towns, and being forced to exist near these toxic, um, this toxic um, mineral. Absolutely. Um, I want to cite another source here, Michelle Lawson uh, from the Wilson Center. Um, Michelle wrote a, a really interesting piece about mining in the DRC. And um, she brought up that there are currently uh, 40,000 children that are minors in the DRC. Some of them are as young as six years old and they could be working and late, they can be working for less than $2 a day. And so it's really exploitative labor at this point. And at the point where they're using child labor, they also don't have environmental standards. And that's, that's how they are destroying their environment. Plus also it's the environment that their economy uh, relies upon for agriculture, for, for fishing, um, for, for tourism. And so it's, it's, it's really, it's practice that needs to be addressed immediately. And whether it's from us consumers bringing attention to it, companies being held accountable, or also governments stepping in, whether there needs to be investment or there needs to be more enforcement and better policies in place. Yeah, because 
obviously the, the DRC um, is partially relying on cobalt as an export, as a big part of their economy. Um, let me kind of double check this. Um, what, I, I know I, I read some, I read that the total um, estimated value of minerals that are in the Congo, I think it's $24 trillion worth of total minerals that are that are in the ground still and that's the economic value of them so this country is very very rich in its in its natural resources and so at that point there is really a, a great opportunity for for companies to come in and take advantage of that or they could do it responsibly work and help actually benefit the the people living within the country rather than just exploiting them yeah, that's kind of that's what I was going to look up um, because the DRC is among the five poorest nations in the world. Um, in twenty twenty two, nearly sixty two percent of Congolese, around sixty million people, lived on less than two dollars and fifty cents a day, um, and one of about one out of six people living in extreme poverty. In SSA, not sure what that acronym is, uh, lives in the DRC. That's from the World Bank, um, and yeah. According to the Heritage Foundation, the DRC is um, one of the world's least developed countries. Um, so, as it's high in, as it's rich in these minerals, um, like the Heritage Foundation also says that they're the largest producer of copper and the world's largest producer of cobalt. Um, it's very easy for companies to come in and exploit them um, because obviously these countries want to better their economy, want to better their economic standing in the world. So I, I feel like it, it's kind of tied to that and that they think by opening these mines, they'll be able to boost their economy, but it just has given way to um, like this extreme, ex these ex extreme exploitative practices of people living there. That's like we said, destroying the environment, that's killing people. So it's not necessarily having the total benefit to their economy that I think they expected it to. Um, but uh, Heritage Foundation also notes that they have a very high inflation rate, which is discourage discouraging international investors, along with um, the political instability, which we mentioned earlier. So it sounds like it sounds like all parties need to work together to develop a solution, because at the point where there's a high interest rate, there's going to be a lack of investment, like you said. So if if the the DRC government is able to lower the uh, the currency's uh, inflation, um, either through uh, quantitative easing or quantitative tightening, then they're able to, to help the inflation rate. That will help to promote uh, foreign investment and also also lead to to basically more more currency being traded within the country. Um, and that's going to help the, the local economy as well. So it through the combination of like Siddharth Kara's book, where we're able to, to read and see more about what's going on, um, plus the investigative reporting done by lo lots of fantastic nonprofits, like the, like the ability that we have here to talk about this and where, where our, our listeners are able to, to learn more about these important issues, that's helping to, to spread this information so that way more people know about it. And that way, we're able to talk more. We're able to to utilize our purchasing power with com with these companies, and it also forces these companies to, if they want our our purchases, they're going to invest in these cleaner practices and 
um, work very diligently to to come up with with plans and policies so that way supply chains are transparent and they are uh, very, very clear as to from the start all, all the way until the end consumer. Absolutely. So, so in, in kind of like in, in bringing everything together, uh, Catherine, what would you say would be one step that, um, us as consumers could take here in the United States to help address this issue of child slavery and the exploited practices of child labor in the DRC when it comes to like cobalt mining? What's one step that you think everyone can take here in the U.S. to, to help? Uh, I think a big one um, is going to be cutting consumption of these uh, products. Like, if you have a cell phone that works, I don't think you need to go out and buy a new one. Um, I know companies are always putting out like new versions of their phones, but if you don't need a new one, don't get it like simple as that or when you do get a new one return your old one i like they can i I think at least some um like companies have a program where they can like try and reuse at least parts of your phone Mm -hmm. so that's always something you can do um always like i mentioned earlier using social media to speak about the issue to um raise voices like those that we mentioned earlier with uh the man who's putting out the book or uh, yeah or all of the um investigative journalists who are doing this amazing work um obviously elevating their voices and giving them a bigger platform is always important or even just using that to um speak to brands about the issue um raise awareness online obviously as well as speak to your elected officials um, a lot of them, especially like local elected officials or maybe those just focused on state politics, aren't necessarily going to be aware of something like this if it hasn't come up. So speaking to them about it, um, advocating for things the American government could do um, or even organizations like the United Nations, the World Bank. Um, I, I feel like that's something that could really, really be beneficial. Yeah. And I think, like you said, there's going to be an upcoming election in the DRC. I think it's going to be in our best interest to to try to stay aware of about the about what's going on leading up to that election and then also the results of the election. And I think at the point where we're more aware of that, um, I think there's going to be more attention that's placed on the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which is which is what we want, because that attention helps shed light onto the good and the bad. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, well, I think that was a really good discussion. We were able to to start with the 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 issue of child labor in the Congo. Look at some of the players that are um, exploiting uh, the use of child labor for cheap cobalt, and then also show that it can be traced through supply chains um, to companies here in the U.S. and then also to to us as consumers, where we're not aware of these issues that are going on. Um, I think that was a really good discussion that we were able to 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 look at lots of the different facets of the issue and see that it's not just one one party that is at fault in this, where we all where we all play a role in the the use of child labor and our purchasing power ultimately has the final decision in that. Where, like you said, Catherine, we're buying we're buying lots of of new devices that utilize cobalt in their manufacturing and so i think that's very important to highlight this this really important issue
So, so I, I appreciate this conversation today. Absolutely. It's definitely one we needed to, to have and to mm -hmm. raise awareness about. So yeah, something I think we also need to raise awareness about is our coloring book. So our coloring book is available on Amazon. Um, it's one of the ways that we can all help to support the work that we're doing at Global Education Connection. Uh, this is a fantastic coloring book. It provides facts about um, 30 different animals. It also provides the pictures of these animals. So that way kids can draw the animals, plus also learn more, practice their English and learn more about these, these fantastic animals that are living on this planet. Um, so if you want to help us, uh, help support us in continuing what we do with our nonprofit organization in helping kids around the world, uh, please consider purchasing this book. Um, it, it really, really helps us out and we greatly appreciate your support in this. All right, well, I think we will wrap it up there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been GEC Important Talks, hosted by the team at Global Education Connection. You can find us at our website, www.globaleducationconnection.org, to learn about what we do, who we are, and how you can help support us, like through our coloring book. You can also find us on all of our social media platforms. Thank you again so much for listening, and we hope to see you back next week. Bye.